The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays. And same-game parlays, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live. Same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode. For additional details, must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit theRinger.com/rg. This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning, though, it's hot. Like literally, it's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more. Let's roll, baby. Tuesday edition of New York, New York, as we say goodnight. To the baseball season here in town. And now the football season really is going to take center stage. You got a 6-1 and one Giant team. You have a 5-2 and two Jet team. Jet team that is young, hungry, but going to deal with a little adversity this week. Brees Hall, Vera Tucker, two of their best offensive players. Two of their best players, period, out for the year. So now we're going to learn a little bit more about this coaching staff. How are they going to be able to adjust? Can Zach Wilson do more? It's make or break time in the AFC East. Patriots, Bills, Patriots. You're going to see a lot of those teams over these next few weeks. And how can the Jets handle that? Especially New England team in turmoil. A quarterback, they run defense. It's a winnable game for the Jets on Sunday. And for the Giants, listen, I learned my lesson. I'm not picking against the Giants for the foreseeable future. So... I think you guys are going to like this pod. We got Daniel Jones in his weekly spot. We got one of my great friends, the legendary Janae Coakley, who's been covering the Jets forever. I work with her all the time at SNY, like during the offseason when she actually comes in and anchors. But now she's she's with the Jets like 24-7. So basically, the next time I see Janae, it's week 18. I'm hopefully going to have a 10. I'm probably going to be beat red because, you know, I'm going to be as pasty as can be being in uh, – December and January, New York, and then parachuting down to South Florida. But, hey, can you imagine that Jet Dolphin game? Being for the playoffs for either one of us? Oh, my goodness. The Jet fan is going to hate me if that's the case. Like, we're Beningo and I, Stefan and I, Keenan and I, we're not going to talk to one another, even if we're going on this trip. But, you know, 
that's a story for a different day. So we'll have Daniel Jones. We'll have Janae Coakley with Brees out for the year, with AVT out for the year, the Robinson trade, which I really, really like. Um, and it's sad that baseball is over. I'm not going to lie. I missed you guys on the Spotify Lives. Voicemails galore come Thursday, 917-382-1151. But let's have some fun on a Tuesday. Daniel Jones, Janae Coakley, they're up next. It seems like this is becoming a regular occurrence. And I know the quarterback of the New York Giants is not going to have a problem with that. The Giants with another fourth quarter comeback. The Giants with another win. They are now 6-1 and one on the year. The quarterback of the New York football Giants, Daniel Jones. Buddy, before we begin, how about the shout-out yesterday for you from the former president of the United States? I'm watching a Madden cast yesterday. You know, he's a big Bears fan. He's on with your boy Eli. He's on with Peyton. And he mentions, yeah, that Daniel Jones is really thriving in a giant office. It's not bad, bro. Presidential shout-outs. Yeah, actually, I wasn't watching uh, at the time. I was, I was at dinner, but uh, my mom my mom texted me right when it happened. She's like, hey, Obama just said your name. Uh, so that, that was pretty cool. Sure. Wow, so mom's always monitoring. See, that's good, <laughs> man. You know, I, I was wondering how you found out. You're having a meal. You know, you checked out on Monday Night Football. But mom's always checking in, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's beautiful, man. Listen, not, that shows you how things are going right now. You guys are winning a bunch of games. You're getting shout-outs from the 44th president of the United States. Not too shabby. And again, DJ, you guys are unbelievable, and you specifically are unbelievable in the fourth quarter. Is it now a thing for you guys and for you personally where you're in these situations, you're in a tight game, and it's almost to the point where you expect to pull it out, you expect to go and make those winning plays? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we always, we always expect that. I think that's, you know, the way you are in any competitive situation, you're, you're expecting to, to win, to, to do enough to, uh, win the game until the, you know, clock is zero. So that's, you know, definitely our mindset. I think we've proven we can do that, um, uh, this season. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we gotta, gotta play better at times in the first three quarters. I think we, we understand that and that's what we're focused on, but. Uh, a lot of confidence in our team to compete down the stretch and, and find ways to win. So I saw this circulating on Twitter after the game on Sunday, and I'm sure you've seen these before. Like they've had them for Tua, they've had them for you know other athletes and other sports. The apology form, Daniel, the Daniel Jones apology form is out there. Have you? Now I know you're staying off Twitter. I know you're staying away from that stuff. Have you gotten wind of that? You know, there's a there's an apology for him, man. They may have to start uh, mailing them to you. You know, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I got you back now. No, uh, someone showed that to me last week. That's that's pretty funny, but I don't I don't need any I don't need any apology for him. But that, that hey, is listen, you keep winning games, fun. man. Whatever works, bro. <laughs> I totally get it. Whatever, whatever works. Um, for you specifically. You were very animated on Sunday. And I got a lot of tweets because, you know, people know you come on the show every week. And the Giant fan is like, tell DJ, we love seeing that fire out of him. We love seeing that sort of passion out of him. And I know you apologized after the game. And listen, DJ, I understand the frustration. You guys are moving the ball. You're doing your thing. There are a couple of drops. And listen, that's going to happen over the course of a football game. But... As a whole, was that something you felt like you needed to address after the game? Or is it one of those things where, you know, heat of the moment, guys get upset? You know, I think I think for a lot of Giant fans, they were they were basically feeling the exact same way you were. So kind of take me through what was going through your mind there. Uh yeah, competitive 
situation, obviously you're in the heat of the moment and, and trying to, uh, you know, score, you know, that was a fourth and goal with, in the red zone and we weren't able to convert, um, you know, and, and, uh, I think we were all frustrated and, and, uh, you know, I, I've, I play with passion, you know, not always as demonstrative as other guys, but I play with passion and I'm extremely competitive and uh, pride myself on, um, you know, staying composed in those situations. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, yeah, you never want to single anyone out. There's a lot of uh, mistakes that happen. I made plenty of mistakes. I drive as well. So, um, you know, it was uh, it's always a group effort. And, and that's, uh, you know, on me and, and uh, you know, felt like, you know, I talked to Marcus. We, we uh, you know, we're, we're all good. I got a lot of faith and confidence in him, but I uh, never want to single anyone out. There's tons of tons of plays throughout the game, tons of plays throughout a drive, tons, tons of situations within a play that, that uh, you know, affect uh, the results. So it's never, never one guy. When something like that goes down, uh, and I'm sure it's happened to you in the past too, when a receiver, you know, throws his hands up in the air and they may be clapping their hands or whatnot. Do you guys, like, is that a convo that happens right after the game? Is that a convo that's happening when you guys get back to the bench and get back to the sideline? Kind of talk us through what that goes through for, like, an NFL quarterback with his wide receiver. Yeah, I think it depends on the situation. Uh, depends on the guy. I think, uh, you know, certain guys are typically more animated than others. And, uh, you know, I think that's never something that uh, – that's never something that helps uh, move the – you know, whatever you're doing forward or helps make progress is, you know, complaining or, uh, showing that, that frustration to, uh, other player, you know, the opponent showing it to the, to the crowd, showing it to your teammates. You know, I don't, I don't ever really see that as a productive way to communicate or a productive way to uh, make progress and go forward. So that's kind of been my approach. That's why I was disappointed in my, uh, reaction to that situation. But I think typically, you know, we've got, uh, guys who understand that, who buy into that, and you know, we really haven't had those. Um, I know Danny Dimes is nickname, but I think we got to rephrase that to Danny Wills, dude. I mean, I don't know. You're running like crazy, DJ. 100 plus yards last Sunday. You really have turned into this super dual threaded quarterback. Uh, I know that we talked earlier in the year about what Josh Allen was able to do in Brian Dable's system, and you tried to pick up on some things and coach Dable obviously tried to preach some things that he was successful in doing from his time with the Buffalo bills. But man, I know you ran a little bit last year. Don't get me wrong, DJ, but it seems like you can now take that to another level. Third and eight, you take it to the outside. I feel like DJ can either throw it 20 yards down the field or boom, you use those legs and get 12, 15 yards at a clip. hundred yards is a quarterback, man. You're coming for Saquon, bro. <laughs> no, I don't know about all that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it just depends on how the game's kind of playing out and the situations that uh, arise, opportunities that arise, and, and how we can best take advantage of them. So a few of those were on the ground with with me using my legs. So we did that, and and I thought it was you know good scheme, good ideas uh, from the coaches, and then uh, the guys up front dominated. I think the whole game. You know, Saquon played well, had a big game. Obviously, he attracts a lot of attention, so that opens up some things. Uh, for other guys, and I was the beneficiary of that a little bit. Do you feel more and more comfortable with that part of your game? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's, uh, you know, like I said, I think it is very uh, dependent on the game and how week the through week, basically, and, like matchup. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and their scheme, how they're trying to uh, handle some of the zone read situations. Are they going to try to take Saquon away? Are they going to uh, slow play it? And then 
uh, you know, on third down and they play a lot of man coverage where there's opportunities to run or they play in, you know, zone with their eyes on you and they're reacting to your movement. I think all, all that, you know, kind of affects how those situations come up. So week one, we saw the interaction with you and Coach Dable in Tennessee. This is a very different interaction that the Fox cameras caught, DJ. It felt like you were kind of the guy. I don't know if you were like talking them up. I don't know if you were just like trying to like pump them up or whatever the case may be. Uh, I saw that. I noticed it. I said, as soon as I see this, I got to mention this to my guy, DJ. What was that interaction late in the game there with you and Coach Stable? Uh, we, yeah, I saw that after the game too. And people asked me about it, but that was, uh, I mean, we were just excited. We were talking about the drive and what happened and how it played out. And, uh, there was, uh, that was just excitement and, and, uh, passion. I think we were both, uh, fired up, but it was all positive. It was all, uh, excitement about what had just happened and went down and scored. You see, uh, coach Dable with his Tony Soprano vibes, you know, the Jersey guys are going to like that. I see that after the game. <laughs> You know, Dable's got the tracksuit on. He's got the stogie in his hand. Is he is he trying to channel his inner Tony Soprano? I don't know, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, he was enjoying. I mean, we all we all uh, enjoy the win, and and uh, all got different ways of doing it. Hey, whatever works. So, no unfortunately for you guys, a couple of big injuries in this game, though. You lose Evan Neal. He's going to be out for the next couple weeks. Bad news with my dude Bellinger, who's been playing so so well for you guys. That's life in the NFL. You watch any of these games, DJ, you know it. You've been in the league long enough. Guys are going to go down with injuries. But how big of a challenge is it for you now, leading this offense and leading this team, to lose two major key contributors on the offense and still kind of find a way to keep it humming and whatnot? Yeah, it was tough. Tough to see those guys go down. Uh, tough to see anyone go down. And, and uh, both Ben and Evan been playing really well for us. but. Thought Tyree, uh, Tyree and Josh did a great job when they came in, played solid for us, and uh, you know really, really did play well against a good front. Um, so, you know, we we got a lot of faith and confidence in them, and and uh, you know we we trust going forward they're going to continue to play well, and and we'll be able to do what we do. So, um, I was uh, I was excited to see them come in and play well. So that last drive when you're sitting on the bench, this is like the second game in this winning streak that this has happened. Kind of happened somewhat in the Green Bay game with Rodgers. But you have Trevor Lawrence marching it down the field. Then you have the Kirk play. I'm watching it at home. Did you th- did you think that was a touchdown? I mean, DJ, I'm getting shades of Kevin Dyson from uh, the Super Bowl against the Reds, and he's like trying to reach it. Is he on yeah. short? <laughs> watching that live, I'm like, oh no, man, they didn't give up a touchdown here. What was going through your mind on the sideline there? Yeah, that was <laughs> that was down to the wire. Uh, kept kept us all on the edge of our seats, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was game of inches, right? It's, it's football's game of inches, and um, glad the field was was one inch longer there. But if you look at it, uh, Fabian made a great play there to keep him from getting in the end zone. Kirk jumped up a little bit, and Fabian drove on it uh, to keep him from getting in the end zone. And then, you know, I think I think a few guys rallied to it and, and uh, made the tackle there. But it was a, it was a great play by him uh, to do that. And uh, yeah, fortunately, he didn't get in. So you guys go to Seattle this week. Two surprising teams. You guys six and one. Seattle's had great success this year. They trade away Russell Wilson. In comes Geno Smith. A lot of people were saying Seattle's going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. That clearly has not been the case. And you know the deal, DJ. That place gets loud, dude. It gets super, super, super loud. Like they were loud for the Mariners. They take it to another level with the 12th man for the Seahawks. 
Is that something now throughout the course of this week? Like when you have gone into these like crazy environments in the NFL, is that something you guys are working on where the crowd noise, like coach or whoever was coaching your team at the time is like jacking it up, trying to simulate what those game conditions are going to be like? Is that something you expect uh, to see this week at practice? Yeah, we'll definitely uh, simulate that at practice and, and uh, have the speakers have the crowd noise going and having to operate, having to communicate. Uh, cadence, you know, we'll be silent cadence. So uh, practicing that and, and making sure everything uh, with that's ironed out. But it, it does change the game dealing with crowd noise and, and uh, you got to prepare for it. So uh, we'll be ready for it. We went to uh, Seattle a couple years ago. I wasn't playing and it was COVID, but. Oh, that uh, was a great win. That's right. Yeah. And they yeah, were hurt that game. I remember that. You got hurt that game. Yeah, but that's so like when they were playing those COVID games and they would would they use like the crowd sound or was it like super, super weird when you would play those games? Uh I I'm pretty sure it was it was quiet that game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It was there's a weird feeling looking back on it for sure. I mean, it is weird thinking about some of those stadiums. There's nobody in the building. There's nobody at Melton. Very, very strange. Thank goodness that is not the case anymore, DJ. But for you, college and the pros. So you put in some crazy environments. On the road as a quarterback, what's the loudest stadium you've ever played in? Um, I think uh, last year the Saints was, was loud um, when we played down there. Uh, in college... Let's see. We played. Uh, we played at Virginia Tech. At Virginia Tech's pretty loud. That's a that's a cool atmosphere. At Clemson, Clemson was pretty loud. Um, those are a few of them. I think the NFL probably the Saints have been the loudest when I've been. That Saints, yeah, they enclosed makes the difference, dude. And you won yeah. that game last year against the Saints. We did, yeah. You guys won that game. See, I I thought you might give me Arrowhead, but I guess it makes sense. Arrowhead like, out, no, that's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, Arrowhead is really loud. That's right. I'd say, yeah, yeah probably Arrowhead or or, uh, or New Orleans. Okay, well, you're going to be dealing with a wild one Sunday with Seattle. Um, for you, it is we talk about the fast starts. How like encouraging was it? I, I can't believe I didn't mention this to you, but yeah, by the way, because like I feel like every week we're like, yeah, we're great in the fourth quarter, but we want to get off to a fast start. That opening drive touchdown, you must have was the offense like head over heels getting that touchdown right down the field, right out of the gate because. That has not been something that we've seen from you guys so far this year. So that had to be super cool. Yeah, it was. Felt good to execute throughout that drive. I thought that was a, a pretty clean drive for us and to move the ball. And then uh, Slay made a big time play there for the touchdown. So uh, that felt good. Felt good to get off to a good start. Um, Got to keep that going and, and uh, build on that, you know, as we finish that first half and into the third quarter. But uh, yeah, it felt good to get off to a good start. So the Yankees have finished, DJ. And the New York football fan is not used to this the last couple of years. Like you have the six and one New York Giants, you have the five and two New York Jets. Not that you guys haven't been taking center stage. You know how it is. It's the NFL. You guys are, are the kings of Sunday or Monday or Thursday or whatever the case may be. But are you guys, I think, prepared for the amount of eyeballs that are going to be like following you? Like you guys always have a lot of people at practice. I think they're going to be even more people at practice there's going to be even more media members around now like the national media is buying into like the resurgence of the two big apple football teams which is great for business and it's obviously great for you guys is that something that you and the team are uh prepared for like you guys are center stage now you guys are the uh the number one draw in town at the moment yeah i think 
I think guys are, are aware of it, but I'm not sure it's something we really need to prepare for. I think it, you know, ultimately it's about uh, doing, you know, what we've been doing, which is coming to work and, and trying to improve week to week. And, and uh, I think that's what, you know, we'll keep doing and the rest of that stuff will, will take care of itself. I think guys are aware of it and they, you know, notice it, but um, I think we've got to continue our process and, and uh, trust that. So we were talking last week about uh, some potential Halloween costumes. <laughs> we have a we have a finalized Halloween costume. What's going I on? Here? I don't have any. I don't have anything yet. I gotta. I gotta keep uh, keep thinking. If I if I come up with something, it's gonna be last minute. I can tell you that. <laughs> so it's a last minute deal. Well, you better get on that, bro. You're like running out of time here, man. I know you gotta like you know you get your agents on that. Maybe they'll give you a good suggestion or whatnot. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I need to brainstorm a little bit on that, but uh, I'll figure it out. Um, now, will you be buying Halloween candy for the kids, or are you a guy that just like puts it out, or you're not? You're going to be a practice. So you're like, eh, the hell with them. Uh, <laughs> I haven't figured that one out either. I live in an apartment building, so there's not a ton of trick or treating, but uh, we'll see. I, I, I might have some candy. Yeah, we'll see. See, that's what I usually do. I put the bowl out, and then I realize that it's probably one or two kids who take like yeah, all exactly. the candy. So you can't hey, do that. you know what though? At least it's not for me. You know what I mean, dude? At least I don't got the stickers and the M&Ms and all that crap laying around, dude. So Yeah, I guess that's right. But I don't know. It, yeah, you always love those houses when you get there and, and uh, no one's there. You just take all the candy and, and, uh, and go. But. Wow, I didn't know. You didn't strike me as that kind of... You were that kind of kid in North well, Carolina? I don't know. I mean, it was a group of us, I'd say. It was, there you go. You know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you got to... Come on, you got to... Uh, you got to answer the door and make sure everyone gets a piece. Oh, that's an absolute must. Uh, <laughs> final one for you, bro, as we get ready for Sunday in the Seahawks. Six and one, probably some of the most satisfying, gratifying football of your career, there's no doubt. Um, as you now look back on, like, the first third of this season and you think about where you've been last year, two years ago, in your rookie year, do you have a moment at all to, like, really enjoy this or is it because of life in the nfl you can't think about any of that stuff until the year is over uh until your season comes to a close because i mean listen i know if i had to deal with losing teams and losing seasons i would cherish and like appreciate the wins that much more but i'm also not competing week in and week out so i know that there's the next game and i know there's the next chapter but have you been able to like reflect at all or no it's tough to do in the middle uh, of the year i think yeah, I think, uh, you know, the the more you talk to people who have been around the league for a long time, they talk about not taking wins for granted. And, and uh, I think I've, you know, understood that in the first uh, few years of my career, that the wins are hard to come by in this league. And, and uh, each one of them you got to appreciate and cherish. So so you do that. And, and uh, I think that, you know, mostly happened Sunday after the game on the flight home and then uh, come in yesterday, Monday, and, and – uh, you know, clean it up and then you're, you're on to the next week. But I think there is a short period of time where you do need to kind of reflect and appreciate and, um, you know, and, uh, wins are hard to come by. So you gotta, gotta enjoy them. Well, DJ, keep those wins coming, man. Six and one is a beautiful, beautiful thing. The New York football fan is fired up. The giant fan is fired up. Go get them on Sunday in Seattle. And, uh, hopefully we're talking on Tuesday about the seven and one giants. I don't know, man. This New York, New York bump's been real, DJ. I mean, I know Coach Table, I know Saquon, I know you, but I, I'm going to take like 1% of credit for this right now. I'm going to take All 1%. Right. Yeah, is that okay? Yeah, you can have 1%. I'll work with 1%. That's fair. I, I, that way I can, I can give it to my giant friends that, you know, uh, 
we're trying to bring some good karma and juju to the boys, you know? So that's the idea. Go. Keep winning, baby. We love it. All right. Appreciate you, JJ. That's Daniel Jones, quarterback of the Giants. We'll get to some Jet stuff coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. So we go from the quarterback of the New York Giants to one of my favorite people. She spends way too much time with me during like May, June, and pre-training camp days over at SNY. And now, finally, she has a fun, winning, charismatic team to cover. So I think it'd be perfect time to do a little Jets with my favorite, Janae Coakley. What's up, Janae? I'm so excited. I mean, I, the Jets are doing so well that I actually get to be on your podcast. This is awesome. This is I was going to awesome. say, the last couple of years, Janae, <laughs> if I was going to have you on the show, would have been doom and gloom. We'd be looking at mock drafts. We'd be talking about a new coach or, or, or all sorts of changes. Is this the most fun you, who has covered the Jets for a long period of time and you were there when they were good, you've gone through plenty of rotten years over the last, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years. Is this the most fun you've had covering the team? Well, this is my 13th season. So my first year here, you know, just getting your feet wet in the New York market was the sec- was the year where they went to the AFC championship game with Rex Ryan for the second straight year. So it was like, oh my God. And again, as you know, I came from Indianapolis, so I'm used to covering winning teams. So I was like, wow, this is great. This is awesome. Well, fast forward, you know, 12 years later, we're covering, I'm covering losing teams. Like you said, coaches, this is absolutely the best season I've covered. I love this locker room. I love these guys. I love that. I mean, it's only seven weeks in, but I just, there's a different feel, JJ. And I know people have said this all the time, but you can almost see the culture slowly changing. And I love when these guys are just like, you know, I think I had Sauce Gardner the first time they, when they beat the Dolphins. Sorry, JJ, I didn't mean to bring that up. That's okay. That's um, okay. I had him on the field after they won. And I said, you know, this is your first division win in like 12, 12 tries. And he looks at me, he's like, oh, it is. I didn't know that. I wasn't around. And it, they don't think like that. Like they just, they're the New York Jets and they win. That's just what they do. And they find ways to win. They don't have to be pretty. They don't have to be, they don't have to be, you know, any certain way. They just win football games and that's how they think. It's awesome. 
And you think about the guys they've drafted. Joe Douglas has accumulated, as you know, all of these draft picks over the last couple of years. And now they're finally starting to hit. Garrett Wilson. Now, the bummer is what happened on Sunday, though, Janae, because Brees Hall, Ian Eagle had the call. You were at Denver. Brees Lightning. I'm like, this guy is electric. This guy is off the charts. He scores, then a couple of plays later, he blows out his knee. Vera Tucker, who is like Uh, a Swiss Army knife, plays everywhere on the offensive line. He's out for the season. So now, Janae, the feelings of all this optimism all of these young, homegrown guys that are balling out and delivering for this Ugh. team. Now, you're going to learn about their intestinal fortitude and you're going to see how they're going to adjust because, listen, losing Brees and losing Veritaka, you cannot minimize the losses for these two guys. These are huge losses. 100%. I mean, the offense took a major hit. You had your two best offensive players go down for the rest of the season. I mean, they were riding Reese, Brees as they should have been. I mean, this kid was unbelievable. And he was just getting better and better. And if you talk to him, he's like, it's slowing down. The game's just slowed down. And each week, I'm just more confident. And I feel and And then, again, AVT, I mean, you cannot overlook the impact this guy has had. The three different positions just moving. And you don't talk about him until after the game and how great he was. And that's the best. That's what you want to hear. You never talk about an old lineman during the game. That's the best thing you want. You just can't minimize the impact I mean it's gonna be tough but like you said you're gonna see this team and Michael Carter he did a heck of a job last year is he as quick and fast as uh Brees was no but Michael Carter LaFleur said the offense runs through him I mean he's the guy you on the team so I think he's gonna have to step up the Ty Johnson's you know uh George Fant's coming back so I think you're going to see how this offense can come together and play and I think you're gonna have to depend a little more on Zach Wilson. The training wheel kind of has to come off. So you're going to have to see Zach Wilson, but let's not underestimate this defense. They're playing lights out and the defense is doing what they need to do. So all this offense has to do get in the end zone, maybe once or twice and let the defense take care of the rest. And basically take care of the football. That's been the MO. Zach Wilson's three, since he's came back, since he's come back tonight, hasn't lit the world on fire. He's really good in the second half. Four no. There we go. We can't do math in Syracuse. You know that. It's not our strong suit. It's not our strong suit at Syracuse. Hasn't exactly lit the world on fire. But it hasn't but, had to. Hasn't but had he's to. taking care of the ball. See, that's the difference though, right? Like the last couple of years, or last year specifically, he would make the big mistake. That would set up the opponent. You got a defense like this. You got to run a game like this. The defense, you know what the biggest surprise to me is, Janae? This secondary oh. is insane. I thought their defensive line would be Pretty darn good this year. Carl Lawson coming back. Quinn Williams has been here. Franklin Myers is a player. The secondary, it balls out. They're getting, Janae, they never got turnovers these last few years. Now they're getting turnovers, it feels like, every game. Well, they have, I think they have seven turnovers, seven interceptions. Don't quote me on that one. Again, Bath isn't our strong, strong suit at uh, Quinnipiac. They had five last year. Okay. Seven weeks in, they've already for the have- entire season. Think yeah, about that. Seven season. now and then five for the entire season last year. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's seven weeks in. And we talk about Sauce Gardner. Um, how about DJ Reed? That I mean, they have two of the best cornerbacks in the league. Hands down, these Jets is Jets secondary. And then we forget about Michael Carter. He's playing unbelievable at nickel. I mean, unbelievable. And he's such an underrated, underappreciated player. But like what he's doing back there, and then Jordan Whitehead, let's throw him in there. I mean, I the fact that they have turned this defense around, especially the secondary, 
in seven weeks. Let's be realistic. Last year, they were horrible, like you said. Look at what they're doing, JJ. I mean, they're just playing lights out. I love this defense, and the secondary is unreal. You covered Darrell Rivas. Yes. Now you're getting a chance to see Sauce Gardner, who has looked apart, has come in immediately, Janae, and has made an impact. You see any parallels, any similarities between what Darrell brought to the team and what Sauce is currently bringing to the team, or is that unfair? I mean, seven again, seven weeks in, he, I do. I, I, I've never seen someone play lock down a guy like I have since Darrell Revis. I mean, he can be Darrell Revis, and the way he works, the way because Darrell Revis, I went out and did a story with him in Arizona and watched the way he worked, the way he trained, and he always said, "I work." The games to me are just fun. It's, the games aren't work to me because all of my work is during the week leading up to it. And that's the way Sauce is. Like, Sauce is such a hard worker. You talk to anybody in that locker room, he takes notes like crazy. He does film. He works his butt off. Like, he practices like he would play in a game. And you can just see that in him. The thing I like about Sauce is that he has a personality too. He's so much fun. He has that smile. He has that the bling, the teeth, where Darrell Ravis is the much more quiet guy. Sauce isn't, but Sauce is so humble, and I don't think he realizes how good he is. Like, he's confident. Trust me, he's confident, but he's humble, and he loves his teammates, and he loves that secondary. And DJ Reed and him just make such a great, like, duo. Have you seen a difference from this coaching staff where they were last year, where they are now? I was very critical of the coaching staff, not going to lie, Janae. As you should have been. Uh, Listen, because to me, I heard about Robert Sala and he's this great defensive mind and the Jet defense last year was abominable. They did not get off to a good start this year in the Baltimore game, in the Cleveland game, which was a miracle and they take the win and they move forward. But after that first half in Pittsburgh, something has clearly flipped and switched with this defense where they have been the unit that, quite frankly, I thought they were going to be when Robert Sala got the job. But you're around them every week. You see him go about his business. Is he the same guy? Do you notice a difference, more of a swagger, more of a confidence, or business as usual for the head coach? Business as usual. Robert Sala, is, he's, the, he's the motivator. He's that guy. But keep in mind, J.D., this is a young coaching staff, too. All of these guys have never been in these positions before. So they're learning also how to be coaches and how to be head coaches and how to you know be in the positions they're in now. You can just see they're growing together. And Robert Sala is that steady piece. He's the one. And again, everybody, I mean, he took a lot of slack and a lot of heat when he says, we'll be taking receipts. We'll be collecting receipts. That's exactly what that locker room needed to hear. He knows how hey, to- Hey, it worked. Janae, I criticized them for it. I got to own it. So far, the team has backed the coach up in a big and way. They really have. Four straight. And again, and everybody's saying, well, it's kind of like a fool's goal record. And, you know, they played backup quarterbacks and this. But JJ- the Jets of the past wouldn't have won those games before. They would have completely, you know, they had a bad, they figured out ways to win these games differently. And like, everybody's like, well, I want to see them when they play this. I want to see them when they play this guy. In the NFL, a win's a win. They're five and two, and, they, and they've and earned the right to be five and two. Hey, they're halfway home to the postseason. That's all that matters, Janae. They're halfway home to the postseason. But you know this, the team they need to be, is the team they're playing on Sunday. And they're not the same Brady, Belichick, New England Patriots. But it's I mean, still you Belichick. had a debacle on Monday night. I know Belichick's still there. Yes. Belichick takes great satisfaction in sticking it to the Jets. Richard yep. Seymour 
last year, Janae, said, hey, I want my number retired for the homecoming game against the Jets. Like, if I am Robert Sala and I'm in that Jet locker room, I am showing everybody that quote all damn week because I'm like, I'm sick and tired of this. You haven't beaten them in seven plus years. It was the and Fitzpatrick get, to Decker game. And getting their butt spanked by them. Oh, embarrassed. Janae, they're non-competitive. <laughs> they don't play competitive games against the Patriots. You got them two times in the next three weeks. You have to win at least one of those two games. Is that fair to say? To show that you have arrived, you got to win one of those games. And you have to win it at home. Because as you we found out, these Jets are road warriors. They can win in, on the road. They've got to win at home, and they have to win their division. Because don't forget, they only have one of those wins. They're 1-12 in 12 in the division, okay? So in order to, like you said, they have to beat the Patriots. At least one. They, they have to beat the Patriots. Listen, they're I don't think they're ready to beat the Bills. I'll be on record. They're not. And you know what, Janae? That's okay. Because they don't have to beat the Bills to make the playoffs. They can lose both games to Buffalo. And they're still with the schedule, a very reasonable path to go and get to 10 wins. Janae, I think two teams in the AFC East could end up as wild cards. Would not shock me. 100%. And again, if you look at the Jets, the rest of their schedule, this was their tough spot. These first eight games, nine games, were going to be their tough time. And I remember saying, if they get out of this stretch, three and six, that's a good year for the Jets. They're five and two. And they're playing a Patriots team that were just embarrassed on Monday night. They have the quarterback controversy. I mean, they're a disaster up there. The Jets can finally make a statement on this Sunday at their stadium, wearing their all-black uniform, the new black helmets, the day before Halloween, and don't forget, we're seeing ghosts, da-da-da-da-da. Again, and these Jets will say, I didn't know, we weren't part of that team. I don't know what you're talking about. This isn't, so which is awesome, but fans know it, the league knows it, and you got to win. Mentally, you got to beat the Patriots. Okay. One negative, though, this Elijah Moore situation. Oh. And I was really ticked, Janae, I was really ticked off at him last week because I get been. it, he's frustrated, he wants to rock, the team is winning games. They're finding ways to win. You got to bite your tongue. You got to shut your mouth. Good for the Jets for deactivating him last week. Mm -hmm. Do you think he can still be a major part of what they want to do? Or did they kind of reach, in your opinion, maybe a point of no return? What are you hearing regarding Elijah Moore? I, I think I think Coach handled it awesome. I think he said the right things. And, and I do believe, like, he just, you know, Elijah Moore just wants to be competitive. He wants that ball. He wants it. But. JJ, uh, and I, huge fan of Elijah Moore, have talked, I loved him. I thought he was great. I thought he was a team guy, like great guy. I, I don't, I, I was shocked. I, I really am shocked. And I think he can still be a huge piece to this puzzle, but they're running the ball. Zach Wilson said it best. I had 10 completions. I mean, I, I'm not throwing, they're not throwing the ball. They're winning games by running the ball ground and pound. I mean, I saw with Rex Ryan that ground and pound and Braylon Edwards learned that, you know, I took pride in blocking because I wasn't going to get the ball, but we were winning. That's what I want to do. And I, I don't, I don't know if this is, a, we'll see on Wednesday when he's back, because he's back with the team on Monday. Robert Sala doesn't think it's going to be an issue. I think talking to the guys in the locker room, I don't think it's necessarily going to be an issue, but it's up to Elijah Moore. And I was talking to my husband, you know, Scott, who coaches college basketball. And he's like, kids nowadays, they can jump in the portal. They don't understand. Like when you get to the big leagues, you don't get to jump in a portal. You're like, oh, I'm unhappy. I'm done. Let me, you're seven weeks in. You've played 17 NFL games, buddy. Chill. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if Elijah wants to be there. 
so it, it, I think it's more in Elijah's court right now. And he'd be a final fool. one. He's a fool to give that up. Final one for you. Jets are going to be a playoff team this year. Is Zach Wilson and his emergence and his improved play over the second half of the year the biggest wild card in your opinion? 100%. 100%. I think Zach Wilson has to take that next step. And granted, he's four games into this season because he sat out the first, what, three? I don't, three, four, yeah, three games. Uh, Zach's going to have to show that he can do this. He can throw the ball. He can, he doesn't, but he doesn't have to be super, he's not Aaron Rodgers. You don't play like Aaron Rodgers. You're not Aaron Rodgers. I think his growth, his next step has to be like, okay, I can take care of the ball and I can throw the ball and I can get, I can win games for you. Because right now he's just managing games. Because you lost, because you lost Brees Hall. See, that's the you thing, Janae. The he was able to manage games, yeah. and you had a guy like Hall. We didn't even mention the Robinson trade. Now I have no idea what it means for Sunday because getting into a, we saw with McCaffrey last week. He's got to own a playbook. He's got to get comfortable. Like I love the trade. I think he's a good yeah. guy to bring in. Mm-hmm. Like now you got like a two-headed monster once again. But I think it's kind of unfair, right, to expect James Robinson to come in and hit yeah. the ground running this week. It's got to be. Hundred percent. You can't. I mean. I think you'll see him play, obviously. But what I liked about it is it showed that Joe Douglas is in. They want to win. You know what, Janae? Enough of accumulating draft picks. They've done that for the last five years. Now go and trade one and try and, and make and the playoffs. It's paying off. It's paying off what he's done. And right now, Joe Douglas, that's, and I think that's the statement that he sent in that locker room. No, no, no. We are not the same old Jets. We're going to win games and we're going to the playoffs. We're not going to, oh, you know what? This is just a learning year. Nope, we're doing this. But again, I think it's unfair to ask him to be a Brees Hall on Sunday. And again, you're going against the Patriots team. So I think you're kind of like, I mean, lucky, if you can say lucky after losing AVT and, you know, Brees Hall. Um, but you're right. I think it's going to be too tough for him to learn a playbook to get in there and, and make an impact on Sunday's game. But he doesn't necessarily have to. You still got Michael Carter, who I absolutely love. Janae Coakley, SNY, Jets extraordinaire. Know this, because I don't see you in the studio anymore until the Jets season ends. That's the way it goes. The next time I'm going to see you, it's going to be the second week in January. Hopefully, the Jets and the Dolphins are primed to maybe make the postseason. JJ, I'm going to have the Aviators on. Meaningful football game? Are you and I, I going to be watching that? meaningful football game? I'm going to be glowing. I'm going to be like in my glory in South Florida. So we, I will actually see you. Hopefully, we'll have our tans on, and away we go. This is great. And again, meaningful football in January. You and I are talking about that in October. What the heck? Mind what a world, blown. right? End of October. Mind blown. Janae, thanks so much for doing this. We will uh, we will see you in South Florida because right now you got your hands full with a winning football team. What a concept. Love it. Save a drink for me. I'll try. That's Janae Coakley. We'll come back, wrap it up right after this. Ton of fun there. I mean, listen. Janae's fired up about the Jets. You had to cover the team she's had to cover the last couple of years. I'd be fired up too. They're fun. They're interesting. They're in a playoff race. We got meaningful, badass New York football after Halloween. Thank heavens for that. Far cry from what we had last year on New York, New York. So we're back on Thursday with all our Football Friday regulars. We may have that podcast up early. Uh, I'm going to see Beningo at my golf outing, which I'm all fired up about. He is playing with the legendary Tommy Keenan. Uh, so maybe Joe and I, after golf, we'll sit down, maybe have a cocktail, and maybe we'll uh, we'll do old school, new school, live from the golf course. I like the sound of that. I really, really like the sound of that. So we'll have our Football Friday regulars. Great work by Stefan. Enjoy your Tuesday. JJ out. Be good, everybody. 
This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates.